Have you ever woken in the night, unable to move, been temporarily paralyzed in sleep, and then suddenly all too aware of a figure standing in the corner of your room? Sleep paralysis has been the catalyst for thousands of demonic and supernatural sightings over the course of history, and the cause of some pretty terrifying nightmares, but is it just a poorly understood medical condition, or is there something more sinister at play? Hello and welcome to the Hoke Poke Pod, the show where we explore these strange and unusual. Really? We're just two idiots poking stuff? We don't understand. So join us as we dare to ask the questions that nobody wants answered, such as, why would our evolutionary instincts conjure up such horrific visuals? Is sleep paralysis really a feminist demon? And what's worse, narcolepsy or hags? I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. Let's go do a deep analysis on sleep paralysis. Okay, I can get on board with that. Yeah, right. I I like that one particularly. (laughs) Okay, so have you ever experienced sleep paralysis personally? No, Mm -hmm. which kind of surprises me because I've had a long history of vivid dreams and sleepwalking and sleep talking and all those kind of things that are often hand in hand. But no, never. What about you? Neither. I have not, which is interesting, especially considering we did an entire episode, which... You should go check that out, The Minefield of Dreaming. But we wanted to do a separate episode on sleep paralysis. Yeah, because in that one we were talking about astral projection and Mm. lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis is quite different, although I guess sort of all these sleep disorders overlap. Yeah. And I think from what I've seen, it seems to be linked to sleep deprivation. That can definitely be one cause of it. Um, Mm. And there's actually a, a lot of interesting medical history to this. And particularly, I guess the big one is that Often sleep paralysis is a symptom of narcolepsy, Mm. which sounds obvious once you say it, but I hadn't actually considered it before. Mm. Um, But narcolepsy, I've always thought of narcolepsy as falling asleep at random times in the day, and that's just one element of of narcolepsy. Sleep paralysis is another. And sometimes people who have narcolepsy only have sleep paralysis as their symptom. So it doesn't always have to be narcolepsy, but it it often is. So they're all kind of interlinked and interwoven. Yeah. And so basically what have we learned about sleep paralysis? Like what what happens to you? Right. So sleep paralysis is part of a set of different abnormal sleep behaviours which are called parasomnias, which is such a good name. (laughs) Um, Parasomnias are pretty much anything that disrupts your usual sleep pattern and – it involves two things particularly. One mm-hmm. is the sort of mistiming of your REM cycle, so the REM, mm-hmm. which is the rapid eye movement cycle. Mm-hmm. So that's when you're deep in sleep but you're dreaming mm-hmm. and you can sort of track that visually with the eyes. So it involves that and it also involves uh, muscle loss known, known as atonia, mm-hmm. which essentially means that your your muscles sort of paralyze, they freeze up, you can't move them. To like kind of protect you while you're sleeping so that if you're having a dream where you're having a fight with a bear, you're not going to like punch a wall or Exactly. And, and everybody who sleeps uh, experiences atonia. It's a normal part of your sleep cycle because mm. like you said, it stops us acting out our dreams. Yeah. So we all actually do experience sleep paralysis. Yeah. We're just not conscious during it usually, yeah. which is when it turns into sleep paralysis. I do want to ask though, because you've told me in the past that you used to sleepwalk yes. when you were a kid. So essentially that 
is, I mean, I haven't looked too much into the science of that, but my guess is that that would be that this atonia process or the, the muscle loss isn't happening. Yeah. So you're just not, your muscles aren't freezing up, so therefore you're acting out mm. your dreams. Although that being said, sleepwalking isn't always acting out your dreams. Yeah. You're kind of reenacting <laughs> just moments of the day. I used to always go and put my jeans on. <laughs> like it was very common. Every night I, as a child I would wake up, put jeans on, climb into the, my sister's bed or onto the couch and wake up with my jeans on. And Wow. I certainly wasn't dreaming about putting jeans yeah. on, but that's, that's what my body did. So you had the opposite of sleep paralysis. Some people see terrifying demons and can't move. You, I you went got and put ready jeans for the day, on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With you know my what? busy like twelve year old life, apparently. Um, <laughs> if I had to pick, I would pick that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, mm-hmm. so what happens in sleep paralysis is usually when you start to drift asleep, the first stage of your sleep should be mm. your REM cycle, yeah. and it's the last stage as well. It's like goes and dips. Yeah. And for most people, there's meant to be sort of quite a while between officially falling asleep in mm. which your body stops sort of functioning at yeah. that higher level and you enter this REM cycle. But what happens for sleep paralysis is that happens really quickly. Mm. And so sleep paralysis always occurs just when you're falling asleep or when you're about to wake up. Wow. Because okay. what it is is it's your body still in this sort of locked-in phase, still in atonia. Yeah. So essentially – your REM cycle should end when atonia a ends as well. Yeah. And you wake up, you're no longer dreaming, and you can fully control your body. And that's meant to be quite a slow, gradual process coming out of REM sleep. But for people with sleep paralysis, it happens really quickly mm. to the point where your body is not asleep yeah. yet um, and your REM cycle has already started. Mm. So essentially you've started to dream when your body is still awake but you've still in this sleep paralysis. But you're fully conscious. You're fully conscious. You've just, you can't move and you're dreaming. And that overlaps and happens really quickly. Yeah. And because you can't dreaming, there's kind of three different ways of experiencing Mm. sleep paralysis. And like I said, it's always just when you're waking up or when you're going to sleep. And so there is the intruder hallucinations, Mm. which is visualizing someone in the room. Yeah. It's either a feeling or you can physically see someone. Yeah. Then there is chest pressure hallucinations, mm, which are very common, yeah. also known as incubus yeah. hallucinations. Yeah. And this is somebody sitting on your chest. Yeah. Uh, usually someone pretty horrific. Yeah. And, and, then the, the, and the explanation for the sitting on the chest one is because you're like trying to breathe normally when your body is yeah, still in the Yeah, you physically cycle. can't, can't yeah. breathe as well as you usually are because your muscles aren't working. Yeah. But also you're aware of being conscious so naturally you start to panic and yeah. like – that feeling of constriction mm. would get very yeah. uncomfortable very quickly. Yeah. And then the third type of hallucination is the vestibular motor hallucination, which is more an uncommon one, but it's essentially the feeling of movement yeah. and out-of-body experiences. Wow. Which does cross over into astral projection. So sometimes they think people are actually experiencing this sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. They can't move, but they can feel themselves moving or moving around the room or above their body oh my gosh so that could have been sleep paralysis the whole yeah, so time it is kind of a crossover and that yeah. one's not as common yeah and i think that is because people sometimes do lump it in with astral projection but mm. it is a form of, of sleep paralysis wow yeah and uh, so the sleep paralysis it's either called hypnogogic or hypnopompic which is the idea of like hypnosis as you're falling asleep or hypnosis mm. as you're waking up and that's yeah. kind of because your body is going to this deep sleep yeah where you're sort of conscious, mm. but you're also in the REM cycle. Mm. 
I think the question that I have or the thing that I want to explore the most is why does our brain conjure up these terrifying things to make sense of us being paralyzed like what explanation is there for that I don't know if there even is one well there, there's no well, that's a thing because it's all to do with dreams and sleep mm. like that is such an ill understood part of, yeah. of nature but yeah. one of the theories is that it's actually sort of a remnant of our survival instincts Mm. So the idea is that if you do experience sleep paralysis, you can't move and yet you're conscious and that is naturally a very sort of terrifying thing to be. So you start yeah. to sort of produce the fight or flight or freeze response. Yeah. So your body's producing all this adrenaline and our brains, which are amazing things but also fucking suck a lot of the time, yeah. if it's not getting that stimulus, mm. like you're lying in a dark room and you yeah. can't move your head, but it feels like something's wrong, yeah. it's going to project – the feeling that something is wrong yeah. in the shape of a demon or a shadow in the corner or someone mm. coming into your room to attack you. Yeah. It's pretty much the theory is that it's your brain's way of going, something is wrong, mm. we can't move, we don't know what it is, I can't get enough stimulus to figure out what it yeah. is, so I'm just going to give you a scenario mm. in the hopes that you can then be safe. Yeah. That's interesting. I saw someone say that how they like kind of because you – there's no real cure for sleep paralysis, but they said how they helped themselves was you weirdly still have control over it. So instead of having a really scary sleep paralysis, turn it into something positive because it can be either apparently. Well, is that kind of sounds like lucid dreaming, it right? It does. Being able to control because you you are getting into that REM cycle. Yeah. So being able to control your dream, I guess. Yeah, it does. It's but harder. I think for me, because some of them, some of these people said close your eyes, but I've heard that you can have auditory hallucinations, which for me is more scary yeah. because you can't turn off your ears. You can close your eyes. Huh. Yeah. It's not like you're going to still see the thing, whatever's in the room, but you can't stop a whispering in your ear. That freaks me out so That's much. That's true, but I'd imagine for a lot of these hallucinations, like surely – if, for instance, you're imagining a, a creature crawling onto the bed, oh. you <laughs> like you would be hearing that as well, yeah. right? Like you'd be hearing the sounds of the sheets, you'd be oh, hearing the like the movements of the creature and the breathing of it. I assume to paint a spooky that picture. That is terrifying. Like, so even though I guess the majority of the hallucination would be visual, like mm. there would definitely be auditory components to it. Otherwise, it'd be like a silent image, which would be weirder. Yeah. I think. I just, I don't know how our brain does this stuff. I did see, though, that this whole, um, they call it the panic hallucination mode, it's something that just continues to feed into itself until sleep paralysis becomes chronic, prolonged, and potentially traumatizing. So it's worse the more scared you are of it. How well, terrible is that? Well, that makes sense. And then when we're talking about what sleep paralysis is and what causes it, if it's a form of narcolepsy, which can be a chronic condition, mm. then that you just have a messed up sleep cycle and it's mm. going to affect you in different ways. But if it's not narcolepsy, then they say the treatments for it and the causes are, are, are bad sleep cycles. Mm. Your sleep cycle gets messed up. Either you have a crazy work schedule and you're not sleeping well enough. All yeah. the usual, like, sleep tips, like don't go on your phone an hour before Yeah. Mm. Eat well. You know what I mean? All that, all that normal stuff <laughs> yeah. is the suggested guide for sleep paralysis. But they do say, even though it can't physically hurt you, mm. a problem is is that it freaks people out so much that mm. they don't want to go to sleep yeah. in case it will happen Why and then they mess you? up their sleep yeah. cycle more, yeah. which means they're more prone to get it. And so, yeah, yeah. It, it feeds into itself. It does. And did you know, fun fact, I found out those who have – 
striking supernatural beliefs about it tend to Mm. striking this is what this um, person said they tend to have sleep paralysis much more they also have it for longer and they get greater fear from it i guess that makes sense because if Mm. you if you do experience sleep paralysis and you see a demon or a shadow figure in the corner which are kind of one of the more common ones if you believe in demons and ghosts yeah that's gonna freak you out way more than somebody who doesn't believe in it yeah is still scared but is thinking this is a hallucination or a dream totally and so therefore once again if the fear is going to feed into it upset your sleep cycle etc totally like that makes sense i think if that if i was having sleep paralysis and i saw like a demon in the room or a shadow or something really ominous and people describe this great sense of dread and like even though logically I know it's sleep paralysis, 100% the next day I would be messaging you saying I had like a supernatural experience yeah. last night. Because it's just like it's still logically yes. And I guess, you know, scientifically this is what they're saying. Yep. There's also still a lot of things the science doesn't know. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and that will get into, you know, when we're talking about some paranormal explanations for this, which are still widely thought to be true. Culturally, yes. around the world, there are cultural explanations for this. But, yeah, I would be very, very freaked out. Like, Naturally, I would have a hard time yeah. saying, oh, yeah, no, I didn't see anything in the room. It was just my mind making it up. Well, like, that's the thing. And, I mean, I think even the like, biggest skeptic, if you see something. Like, I've, I've told you before mm. about this one time where it wasn't sleep paralysis, but I, I woke up in the morning and there was this figure standing at mm. the end of the bed. And it was so real because I was awake and yeah. not dreaming. And I'm sure that was just a leftover from my, like, REM cycle. But it's even knowing that or, like, thinking I know that, <laughs> <laughs> even thinking I know it wasn't a ghost, it's really hard to disconnect that part of your brain that goes, yeah. okay, but I actually saw something that actually was something. Yeah. Like, we – trust our sight and our sound and these physical senses so much yeah. that it's super hard to disconnect that yeah. from logic i say in yeah inverted commas. and in that moment you were really scared yeah i was terrified it was really it was really scary um and even yeah and it, i can't imagine how much worse it would have been if it had been like prolonged and i hadn't been able to move yeah i think that's also the thing i think for skeptics and believers alike Seeing a spirit or a vision mm. and, and being able to move or run away from it and seeing something in your dream in which maybe you can't run away but you know you're dreaming mm. is this is so different from seeing something and not being able to move. Like that physical like, yeah. restriction is such a scary idea. It Yeah, I think it's that lack of feeling in control. Absolutely. You can't do anything. Totally defenseless. Even if you think it's – even if you – have sleep paralysis and you're like, oh, yeah, this is 100% a dream. Yeah. You still can't do anything. You can't wake yourself up. No. Like you're stuck. You just have to no. ride it out. I saw, though, if anyone's listening and is like, oh, God, what do I do if this happens to me? Apparently, because you can't move your limbs, if you just focus on moving like a toe or your fingers and just try and focus really hard on that and moving it like up your body, apparently it will kick your your um, body into action and it would be like, oh, we're awake. Yeah. And I mean, you'll come makes, out of it. That makes sense. That's a, his only suggestion. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds so scary. Like all these things I'm usually like, fuck yeah, I want to experience it. I want to do it. This is the only one where I'm like, I absolutely don't want to experience this. Wow. Is that because like it's not really that for you, it's not really that supernatural. It's like an actual thing. 
like yeah. that's a scientifically proven thing that people go through. I think so. I think it's also the physical aspect of mm. it because all these other things we've talked about are e- emotional experiences or visual experiences. Yeah. It's like this is something that physically happens mm. to you yeah. and it's, I think, it's much easier for me to imagine the physical sensation of not being able to move mm. than it is to imagine yeah. a ghost or demon. Yeah. So to me that that's, like, really scary. Yeah. And also I don't think there's anything, like, exciting yeah. about this. <laughs> it's just scary. <laughs> it's just scary. Another fun fact. Ooh. Did you know that apparently dogs can have sleep paralysis? Yes, which is super interesting. I did. I learned this in terrifying. the research. This to me is, I think, the most interesting fact about sleep paralysis mm. because it means that, A, it means that dogs have, like, brains like mm. complex enough to do the REM cycle and the body, yep. uh, all that stuff. And they kick and when they're dreaming. I'm sure cats do too. But also, yes, they do. Okay. But also, <laughs> does this, like as someone who, do you believe that sleep paralysis is ever a demon or ghost or something that's not physical? Um, I think like anything that's in the spiritual world, sometimes it's to do with that, sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think sometimes people are just having a scientifically proven sleep paralysis moment. And yeah. then other times I would say, yeah, that's terrifying. That possibly could have been paranormal. People have moved into haunted houses and they've had more sleep paralysis or they've started having sleep paralysis than maybe they did before. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's correlated for sure. Someone's messing so with your sleep cycle. <laughs> that's true. That's I mean, that's true, yeah. Yeah. So, but then does the, ha- the fact that dogs can get sleep paralysis, mm. does that mean that, dogs can get haunted or would you say that that's always just the physical medical well dogs are very in tune with like hauntings and ghosts and well it doesn't mean you're being haunted true like do you think dog imagines like when a dog has sleep paralysis do you think they're also imagining someone like in the corner yeah probably i would say so unless it's a big like chicken stick or something (laughs) yeah yeah it's like a big i don't know what a dog is afraid of it's a big truck or something (laughs) yeah it's a truck in the room (laughs) it's yeah it's probably i find it so interesting that you go to like your deepest, darkest fears. Mm. And even, yeah, skeptics are dreaming up demons. Like, I just find that very curious where I'm like, why are skeptics thinking that there's demons in the room? Like, why would you if you don't believe in this stuff? I find it interesting. I mean, that's true. I, I think a lot of it, like, everyone is so aware of the idea of demons and, and mm. ghosts and ghoulies and yep. stuff. So <laughs> I feel like if, if I had sleep paralysis for the first time, immediately that's where my mind would go, Yeah, demons and ghosts, even though I don't believe in it. So I feel like it's more likely that I would imagine that stuff yep. then. Like I don't think any someone who, you know, never, you know, made contact with the outside world yep. would have those same fears. Yeah. But it is interesting because these demon sightings have gone back for centuries. Like as long mm. as we've been aware of sleep paralysis, yep. people have claimed that it was demons and Ghosts. Yep, they have. Different cultures around the world have different explanations throughout history for these so-called like sleep paralysis demons. So a few of them, Japanese folklore says it's a vengeful spirit that suffocates its enemies in their sleep. So that explains the chest like not being able to See, but then I feel like if I knew about that legend and then I had sleep paralysis, I would be so conscious of like, oh, my God, am I breathing properly? And then I would surely start to stop breathing properly and then – it's self-fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. It's a phenomenon. I have a hard time believing it's a completely natural phenomenon. That's just like, I guess, my spiritual side, I suppose, being like, hmm, I don't know. Um, 
In Brazilian folklore, mm-hmm. this is all about folklore, um, the demon has a name, um, Pizadeta. Ooh. I hope I have pronounced that <laughs> correctly. Sounded good to me. <laughs> Thank you. It's Portuguese for she who steps. Oh, that's, that's pretty scary, really isn't scary. it? We'll get into like the hags kind oh, of ha- Yeah, thing. this is a big thing, the hags. Um, in Chinese traditions, it's defined as a type of ghost oppression. Oh. And so the main one that I came across was this night hag. The night hag. I yes. came across the night hag too. Okay, so I went through a bunch of religious texts. And the night hag is present in every single culture on earth and the qualities attributed to her are all very similar. She's been mentioned in the world's most ancient texts. It's been around like pretty much as long as humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like the same person. Well, this, well, this is, yeah, this is the thing. Sleep paralysis is, is everywhere and has yeah. been since as long as people have been sleeping and messing up their sleep cycles. And it always comes back to this hag. This one lady. This one just destroying old things. Lady. You are gonna love this story. Oh yeah. Um, so basically this night hag, it's a demonic being who would visit people and sit on their chest, mm-hmm. give them terrible dreams and drain their life force, basically. Ugh. A lot of fun. Yeah. So this person is generally believed to be Lilith, the first <gasps> wife of I know Adam. Lilith. Left yeah. the Garden of Eden when Eve came around. She was like, I'm not gonna be the second wife i don't want to screw you god screw you goodness yeah fuck it all well she was like i um am not going to be subservient to adam no thank you i'm gonna go away so basically the first feminist um (laughs) (laughs) basically we love that for our demons we love that (laughs) we love a good demon representation the demon sucking your life force is a feminist (laughs) she literally just left she was like nah i don't want any of this um so, I mean, there is some theology that maybe she was never human in the first place. Oh, um, yeah. So her name is derivative of the ancient name Lilitu, which is like female demons and wind spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has appeared in the Bible, the Epic of Gilgamesh, and the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. So there's a lot of different cross-cultural yes. religious texts. She appeared as part of a hymn that was used for demonic exorcisms. So it's well, like that seems natural. Like, she was like a normal lady, and then she became a demon. <laughs> well, yeah, because I imagine God wasn't too thrilled about the rejection. This is a bit of a pun, and this is like my favorite thing. But when I was looking at the research, it was like when she left the Garden of Eden, she was banished, and she was literally demonized. Like, <laughs> and I'm well, like, I don't I, know I, why, just but I just <laughs> my mind that that must be the histo- history of the word demonized. Oh, my God. She was demon, literally demonized. demonized. I never thought about it before. It's so I know. Obvious. I was like, hang on. What you came first? Demonized. Oh, damn. What okay. came first? Apparently, there's this limestone plaque that dates back to the 8th century BC, and I'm it reads... That. Oh, you who fly in the darkened rooms, be off with you this instant, this instant Lilith, thief and breaker of bones. So, like. I want to get that tattooed on me. That is yes, so good. You should. Lilith. We stick up for Lilith here. We love Lilith. But apparently all these people around the world have seen this lady and she's come and harassed them and she's drained their life force, given them bad dreams, scared them to death, basically. No. I don't think anyone's died. I don't know. Can't rule that out. No. I, sleep paralysis has never physically harmed anybody. It's more the mental no, toll that it can it is, take on disrupting your sleep cycle and yeah. the psychological sort of fear. Yeah. Of yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, but so I just think that's so interesting. I did see someone wrote 
Can it be sleep paralysis if people are seeing the same thing around the world? Is that just coincidence? How do we rationally explain that if people have seen and she's described like very similar throughout these texts? I mean, I don't know if this is going to support your argument or not. <laughs> From my, I feel like it supports my argument, but I feel like you could just make the argument it supports yours. But there are so many supernatural things that that yeah. are shared cross culturally, mm, like werewolves, true. vampires, yeah. ghosts, fair, like fairies. Uh, we see all these sort of supernatural elements repeated throughout history in cultures yep. that had no connection. Mm. Um, I, I feel like it speaks less to the feasibility of them existing and more to just kind of the, I, I guess, the communal human experience. Mm. Like, you know, like a terrifying old woman. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> We've talked about this with witches. Witches. Like, like, I why feel like is it scary? There's always been sort of a, yeah, yeah, people are old and that reminds them of death and maybe that's culturally why we think about old terrifying women sucking your life. Then I really feel like she should just be going after misogynists. <laughs> if it is the real Lilith, 100% she should just be going after misogynists. Um, <laughs> if if I get sleep paralysis and it's an old hag, that's not Lilith. <laughs> you can just have a conversation with her. I just have a chat with her. Yeah. Um, I couldn't say anything because I'm paralysed. But I could, <laughs> yes. we could just make very in intense your mind. eye contact. Do it in your mind. A staring yeah. contest with Lilith. A staring contest with Lilith. <laughs> Yeah, you should look up this plaque because it's a real thing. That's really cool. Um, I, love that I don't know if it's in a museum now or like if it was a picture or a painting. I don't mm -hmm. know. But um, I find that so interesting. There was another supernatural explanation yeah. that it's interdimensional beings studying us for reasons unknown. Yeah, aliens. Um, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, I, I in the shape of a shadow, I just. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. Any unexplained phenomena people are going to say that it was aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I just feel like of all the things that could have been aliens, not this yeah. one. I'm sorry. We have – this is interesting because a mm. lot of people consider it to be a supernatural phenomena, but it's yeah. one that we actually have a lot of scientific and medical information yeah. about because it's physically observable. Yeah. You can see someone experience sleep yeah. paralysis. So I feel like for that reason, mm. aliens particularly do not belong at this table. No, I think – I did see something that it explains a lot of people saying that they've been abducted by aliens because they were probably having sleep paralysis. Yeah. And then you've woken up like the next morning going, oh, my God. Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah. my God, I was conscious, but this was happening to yeah. me, but there's no evidence of like, oh, yeah, of course your mind would jump to. Mm. And that's the thing. Like think about people experiencing sleep paralysis back in, you know, the 13th century. Mm. No wonder they thought it was demons and yeah. ghosts. I would absolutely. Yeah. Like it, it's it would have been nearly impossible to yeah. explain without sort of our yeah. modern understanding of the brain yeah. and terrifying. That's It's very true. I did see this um, theory that you're more likely to get sleep paralysis if you sleep on your back. Um, it does and, seem to always be on your back, doesn't it? And um, on a full stomach. And they describe, I don't think this is Lilith, there's a few things where it's like night hag, but then it's like Lilith is a separate thing. So it's a bit confusing, but they said that was in the Brazilian folklore that she's a crone with long fingernails who lurks on rooftops in the night, Ooh. then wake, then walks on the chest of people who well, sleep she who on their steps. backs. That's she who steps, isn't it? It is, yes. So, so she walks on, it, on your chest on your rather chest. than sitting, which is probably more fun to walk on. Oh, I feel like that's really freaky. No, I don't know. That, that one terrifying. really sends shivers down my spine. I do not like that Brazilian hag. No. <laughs> <laughs> just like chop that part out and just have it as the teaser. Oh, I hate that. <laughs>
Um, but okay, it's interesting you said that it was based on diet a lot because so mm. narcolepsy sort of was beginning to mm. be understood properly in, in medical terms uh, in sort of the mid-1700s. Yeah. And by the 1800s in Europe, it was this huge belief that it was your diet that affected because this one medical guy was like, it's your diet. Mm. If you eat right, you can avoid sleep paralysis. So that was actually a huge thought behind what caused and how you could prevent sleep paralysis for a long time in mm. uh, the medical sort of history of, of narcolepsy and these other sleep yeah. disorders. So, And that's kind of persevered. People are always telling you to eat the right thing before bed, don't eat spicy foods, cheeses will give you bad dreams. This like. kind of sounds like IBS. Is sleep paralysis just IBS? <laughs> <laughs> well, bad digestion. Like if that's going to upset your REM cycle, it <laughs> might give you like, you know, little ghosties and night nags on your chest. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the thing, because it's to do with sleep. It's just get a good sleep cycle is kind mm. of the only cure we have, mm. which isn't great because some people just can't do that. But, no. But it does mean that if you are experiencing it, mm. you do have to do the boring things of turn off your phone an hour before bed. Like, I mean, don't eat before you go to sleep. You know, turn the lights off. Go to yeah. bed at a reasonable yeah. hour. But I feel like that's still not going to work for a lot of people who have. I've seen uh, some of the people I saw commenting were like, I've got sl- I get sleep paralysis twice a week. That's brutal. I'm like, well, for, wow. Yeah, a, a lot of people will experience it just like once or twice in their life. But, yeah, if it's chronic, that would really mess you up. No, I, I couldn't deal with that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go to sleep. No, it'd be really hard. And apparently it can like, just because you haven't had it as a kid, you can develop it as an animal, which is so scary. I, I, yeah, I guess. It's like anything. Uh, like you can IBS. develop anything <laughs> as an adult, like... It is it is more common in children and teens though. Mm. Uh, all these all these sleeping disorders are. I guess because yeah. your body's going to changes and that's true. Your sleep is less regular, maybe. Yeah. Um, for me, certainly, I grew out of all my sleep stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Could strike at any time. That's true. I think the only scary sleep things I can remember remember from when I was a kid was. Uh, I'd sometimes just wake up and, like, think that someone was walking around, like, and there was, um, yeah, one time that I felt someone sit on my bed and, like, I was so scared I just pulled the covers over my head and, like, was just, like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, like, don't think about it. But I could feel them sitting there, like, (gasps) but it's, like, you know, would that be dismissed as some kind of sleep paralysis? I don't know. I could move because I moved the covers over my head. So, Well, when I saw my mm. uh, lady at the end of the bed, I – Lilith. Let's call her Lilith. You oh, my God. Lilith. I finally fucking did see the night hag. She was like, oh, man. I mean, I just put the covers over my bed and then she was gone. Yeah. What did she look like? She was like – she had like her arms out kind of like a biblical figure. That sounds oh like an God. angel. It, yeah. Okay, it was, and then she was shrouded in white. Like she yeah. had like a white shroud and she was all white and very like very bright white. Wow. But so she did look kind of angelic like a biblical figure, but it was wrong. Like and yeah. I can't describe how it was wrong. It looked fine. It just felt like it was terrifying. And you know, yeah. It, I just, in my gut, I was like, that is Something's not wrong. Right. That yeah. she's not, like that's not a good presence. Sounds like Lilith. Yeah. Um, what could you see the face or not? No, just sort of. I know it's sort of a middle-aged to elderly oh, sort of, but yeah, totally shrouded in like a white yeah. sort of biblical figure, arms out as if sort yeah. of. Which was that before or after you experimented with the Ouija board? After. Yeah. After. Not surprising, honestly. Your house is probably like a wide open door at this point. Spirits just coming in and out, coming for a drink at the pub. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it like. 
that's the that's the lifestyle for the people who are living though you know it's an open house people come and go like you know what i mean why should it be any different for the dead you need to get some locks on your door (laughs) 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 i guess what's so what's the verdict on sleep paralysis Uh, i definitely believe some of the science but i think as a believer i just i have to say some of these experiences I find it hard that the human brain would conjure up something so terrifying and specific because yeah. some of the voices people have heard, it's like, why would you have come up with that? Like, how would you even thought of that? But then I guess dreams are, are like that. That's you have true. dreams and you're like, how the hell would my brain have possibly come up with that? Yeah, that's true. And you don't really know what you're doing in a dream. Mm. That's true. But I do find it odd that most of the sleep paralysis stories are like with demons and stuff i just yeah. i find that it's it's not like there was a giant dog sitting in the room like no, they're or al- a big they're chair almost always negative or yeah. frightening yeah like that they felt this really like an evil presence i just i find that interesting not that i think that people who are having sleep paralysis are getting constant visits by demons like they're somehow like in the wrong or something yeah but i d- i do have to wonder i'm like what did you okay. do that day what's your family history like yeah would does it improve if you do these things that science says will help you? I feel like I won't have sorry, I wouldn't have a strong opinion on this unless I experienced it. But you know yeah. I would be yeah, like, yeah, no. 100%. <laughs> this is like a ghost experience. Yeah. This is supernatural, paranormal. But I hope that people who do experience it are able to rationalize it. You know, I don't I also don't want people to be in this paralyzed state thinking, oh my God, I'm in the room with a demon. Like And if and if that's gonna horrible. make it worse, yeah. you know, if it's uh the fear that's gonna feed into it, then it's better to Yeah. Pr- even just tr- pretend it's not. Yeah. Just pretend you're friends with Lilith and you'll be fine. Yeah. Let's make a bargain fun. with Lilith. Let's get shirts. Same team Lilith. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she was actually like a beacon for the feminist movement. Yeah, of course she was. Naturally. Like Lilith, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Adam and Lilith cut from the same thing of clay. But mm-hmm. um, because uh, what was it? Eve was like one of his ribs or some yeah, shit. Yeah, he pulled a rib out, and <sighs> that's gotta hurt. Anyway, um, but yeah, yeah I, I just, my heart. <laughs> I just, I do find it interesting that I didn't know this story at all. But I've gone off topic. Yep. Okay, I don't want sleep paralysis. Thank no. you. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think I what's agree. What's your What's your verdict? I don't want sleep paralysis. Uh, to me, this is one of those in all almost all the podcast topics we've done. I've been. Even though I haven't believed in the supernatural answer, mm. I've been pro the supernatural answer. Like yeah. I've wanted it to be something yeah. that seems more exciting than the real answer. Yeah, uh, This, I think, is actually the reverse. Mm. To me, the the medical uh, answer for it and mm. the science behind our brain that is just so sort of phys- mm. at the same time competent and yeah. stupid that it makes <laughs> up these like horrific nightmares for us and locks us in this p- paralyzed state yeah the fact that we can glitch so badly as people yeah um is super interesting to yeah. me and i think the fact that dogs experience it too is like also really interesting so i, I think definitely i don't believe that it's supernatural but i'm also glad it's not for once because i think the mundane answer is a lot more exciting that makes a lot of sense I think that you're going to go with the medical. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get sleep paralysis, what are you going to do? 
I mean, just ride it out. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, the method you gave of, of trying to wiggle a finger, mm. if it's terrifying, obviously you want to escape from it as quick as you can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's not much you can do. And that's the thing about sleep routes. That's what's so scary about mm. it, is it. There's really very little you can do at the time. I know. And I read that apparently it really only lasts for about two minutes, but it can feel like hours. Yeah, naturally. That's terrifying. That is really scary. I hate that so much. It's like some kind of purgatory stuff. Ugh. Yikes. Yikes. No. Yeah. Well, we hope you don't get sleep paralysis. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, we don't. Um, this was probably not helpful at all if you already experienced <laughs> it. Was it was interesting. <laughs> it was. Hopefully we've helped you understand it a bit more and go forth, um, have a good sleep. Maybe do some meditation tonight. Mm-hmm. And turn your phone off an hour before you go to bed. And don't eat food before bed. Don't eat food before bed. Done. Done. <laughs> <laughs> God. All right, this has been the Hope Poke Pod. I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. We'll see you next time. You've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you've heard, it would be fantastic if you could rate us or leave a review. Or better yet, show us to some of your friends. Get the word out there about this spooky little podcast. If you want to know more about us or this episode, you can visit our website, thehokepokepod.com.au. We post updates, links, episodes, and any references we've mentioned, you'll be able to find them right there. We'd like to say a huge thank you to Giano Timble for the amazing graphics and art that he's made for the podcast, as well as our undying appreciation to Robert P. Kelly, our marvellous and ever-patient editor. We love you, Rob. And finally, if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at hokepokepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Feedback, episode suggestions, whatever takes your fancy, we will be there. Thank you so much for the support and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.